Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings, fellow Fordians, and welcome to another episode of Investigating the Impossible with Tobias and Emily. As always, I'm Emily. And I'm still Tobias. Of course you are. And with us today, we have Ashley Hilt, otherwise known as Ashers, and she is a Fordian investigator, filmmaker, and podcaster. Also general weirdo. She's got a lot of hats, but you know. So <laughs> welcome to the show, Ashers. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, would you like to start us off, Tobias, as you usually do? Sure. I do a lot of talking. Uh, yes. There's, there's no yes, denying that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to have Asher's on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been uh, I've been on on Wednesdays. We talked weird a, a couple of times with uh, with her and, and her co-host, Pat O'Sullivan. Uh, that's always a wonderful experience. I definitely encourage everybody to check that out if you're into the the weird and, and unusual. They really cover a a, a really broad variety of uh, of unusual topics over there. Which obviously, you know, as Fordians, we can uh, respect that. You know, I, I think it's very very interesting. Um, also, uh, they they have another podcast, uh, people who make things. That's mm-hmm. another really interesting one. Uh, so that's people a lot who of make stuff. People make stuff. I am very sorry. It's <laughs> How pe- dare you? It's people who make stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I, I'm, I'm going by on a, a wing and a prayer here, guys. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's another one that that uh, I was lucky enough to be on, and, and again that was that was a whole hell of a lot of fun. But. Uh, you know why don't we uh, why don't we concentrate on on some of the weird stuff? So you yeah. know what we usually like to do, uh, especially with with first time guests, is kind of give our listeners a little introduction. Um, you know, in in case they're not familiar with you and and your background. So uh, why don't you just talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about um, why weird stuff? You know what 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 got you into this uh, this Fordian lifestyle? Ooh, why weird stuff? Um, well, you know why not? Um, <laughs> no, I've, <laughs> I've I've always I've always been into this stuff. Um, you know, the first uh, introduction that I can really remember that really piqued my interest was um, reading an article when I was in I think it was in middle school. I think I was probably in sixth grade, and it was in those little we used to get those little Time magazine little mini Time little mini Time magazines at school. And oh uh, yeah, I had those too. Article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was an article in there um, talking about Bigfoot, specifically the um, Patterson-Gimlin film. And and it was talking about how it was hoaxed and how it had been proven to be a hoax. And at that point in time, there was, there was like a little still image of the, you know, the famous Patty pose. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went home and I was curious. I was like, well, this video, they're talking about this this footage. What what footage? And I went home and I got on my... Um, my great AOL dial-up dial internet and oh, yeah. <laughs> spent the evening, <clears throat> yeah, spent the night, um, you know, downloading the video to watch it. And and when I finally did, I, I it just it blew my mind. I couldn't believe that people actually thought that this could be fake. And um, you know, then I started. We had a computer lab. We would do uh, typing class, and then we'd have free reign to go on one website specifically. And it had a little cryptid section and so and and it had you know the 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 big ones it had you know bigfoot it had nessie 
Um, I remember it had the Chupacabra on there. I don't know what the website was, but it, it really got me into it. And uh, so just kind of going through the motions of being, you know, a teenager. Um, I mean, I used to wake up every morning and check cryptomundo.com and and see the new updates on what was happening in that world. Um, and then, and then of course, I you know I got into coast to coast, listening to that, um, getting all the library books that I could. But it was something that I'd kind of put down. I guess not really put down. Um, you know, as a as a teenager, I wanted to go to school for zoology, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I'm going to go to school for zoology, and then I'm going to also be a cryptozoologist with my zoology degree. And so, you know, that was <laughs> that was the dream. But you know, life happens. People get busy. I didn't do that. Um, but two years ago um almost actually two years ago to the date um i was approached by one of my friends who was going to the mothman festival and i was like okay you know she's like do you want to go i was like sure she informed me that one of her friends was going and um the reason why i was asked was because they knew i was in all this weird stuff and they asked if i wanted to participate in them making not necessarily a, a documentary. They were going to make like a YouTube video. <clears throat> they want to know if I could go and like kind of explain some of the things. And I'm like, yeah, okay. At the time, I was a huge Mothman skeptic. That was not my favorite. I did not like that side of the weird. <laughs> um, I just wasn't into it. I was really into the flesh and blood. You know, that was my thing. Flesh and blood, you know, science. I was, you know, pretty much Bill Nye, but, you know, me. And, uh, but you know, I was like, you know, I like a gimmick, let's go. So we went and uh, this weekend kind of kicked off this whole string of events, which I now know at the time as, as synchronicities. And it, uh, it blew my mind, it really blew my mind. And as I kind of started to indulge in that, in that world, uh, you know, I fell down the rabbit hole and, you know, then more and more of the unexplained was kind of, you know, making its way, uh, you know, to, to my world. And it just, it was, I had to live it. I had to live it to really get into it. And uh, so that's where I am now. Um, sure. You know, I ended up, uh, I, lo- I, had, I worked a regular people job. I, I was actually a marketing specialist and I had a good job, um, but I was laid off in, in 2020 and the, in the winter of 2020, February. And when that happened, and then two weeks later, we got hit with the pandemic and the whole world shut down. And to me, it, you know, at that point, I had decided to start the Mothman documentary, which, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and, you know, I had been working on it kind of part time. But to me, when that when that event happened, it told me that, you know what, this is just what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, and, and that's I've adopted this idea of when the universe speaks, you listen. And to me, that was the universe speaking and saying, you know what, this is your job now. This is what you do. So I've been doing it full time ever since. Wow. Now that that is so fascinating. So you hadn't had really any unusual uh, experiences in in your life up until that series of, of synchronicities? Uh, no, I, I had, um, as you know, as a matter of fact, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know it. It took me a while to, to know it. Um, but I, I believe I actually saw the Mothman in 2016. Oh, um, I, I do. I think that I saw him in 2016. I have, I've seen, I've had UFO encounters. Um, I've had, you know, just general paranormal, you know, high strangeness. And so it's, it kind of has been like a theme forever. But me, in my mind, I'd always tried to like chalk it up to, I don't know, something explainable. I mean, I believed in aliens, you know, I, mm. I, I did. It's not like it was never there, um, you know, but I didn't, it, it wasn't really anything that I had chased too much of. And then as far as the paranormal went, like I said, I've had experiences, but they were always pretty easily explainable to me. 
Um, so I just kind of wrote them off until, you know, I got on this journey and now I've been kind of unpacking. I've been kind of working backwards to figure out, well, how deep does this go exactly? Sure. Um, but they didn't really start happening in, until 2019 when they just have continued to happen and to this day continue to happen at an alarming rate probably. <laughs> gotcha. So. Interesting. So, I mean, if we could back up for just a quick second. Yeah. Uh, Mothman sure. in 2016. I was you, just going to ask. Could you <laughs> elaborate on that? You know, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing mm -hmm. anyway, like, like what, sure. what, what happened? Yeah. So actually, um, I, you know, I didn't, it was weird because it was something that I had really forgotten about and uh, it wasn't brought to my attention until somebody shared their Mothman sighting with me and we kind of had a similarity. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to try to tell this in a, in a friendly way, but we'll see. So in 2016, <laughs> um, I, I was hanging out with my best friend and we were actually, uh, you know, I'll be honest, we were making weed brownies. That's what we were doing. And so we were going <laughs> to, we were, we were going to have our pot brownies and then we we're going to eat them and have a good night. And we did, you know, that's what we did. We, we ate our brownies. And so, but then we went to bed, you know, the night calmed down. We were going to bed. I, I felt I was going to sleep on our couch and she's got this big TV stand and it's like a big TV cabinet and it sits in caddy corner in her living room. And, uh, I'm laying on the couch, the room's dark, it's quiet and I'm just not feeling good. And, and I don't mean physically, just, I had this sense of dread. I was just horrified. I don't know what, I don't know what was going on. I'm scared. And I'm looking in the corner of the room and on top of the, of the TV cabinet, this thing starts forming and it's just this dark mass that is kind of growing out into the room. And as it continues to kind of shape and grow, I can see it's kind of, um, just like a black human figure. Hmm. And then I start seeing eyes develop. And of course, it's the classic glowing red eyes. And then, and then out through the room are these giant wings that are forming and just looming over the entire room. And I was scared at that point because um, I didn't know what was happening. So I, I got up and I went and woke my friend up. And you know, she just—I didn't tell her what was happening. I just told her, "Listen, I'm freaking out. I need you to wake up." She just kind of laughed. She's like, "Ha ha, you're high." And I was like, "Ha ha, yeah, I totally," you know. Because again, at that time of my life, I was a very big skeptic. When mm -hmm. things like that would happen, I would just push it out and be like, that didn't, I just would ignore it. That didn't happen. It just simply did not happen. Right. Um, but I had somebody come to me and, and share their, their Mothman experience. And it was that actually kind of, well, it wasn't the same thing. They had seen it outside, but they had mentioned that they had had edibles. That was it. They were like, I only, you know, I only had edibles and you don't hallucinate on marijuana. Mm. And, um, it just sparked it in me and i was like oh my god you know what that thing happened and i forgot i'd forgotten all about it i just pushed it out i was like nope and you know i kind of grappled with it at the time i was like but is it the mothman though because i believe in the paranormal also now they do investigations and stuff i'm like well it could have just been something else um but no no i think that's what it was I think that's what it was. And that that is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Uh, you know, I uh, I certainly had a, a misspent youth, and uh, I, I'm no stranger to uh, to um, you know party uh, um, the accoutrement. Party <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, no, I I, I get it. Like, weed is not going to make you hallucinate. Um, no. I mean, it, it, it can make you paranoid. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, anxious, but it, you're not going to hallucinate. Not not like that. There's no, there's no, no. way. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's important to note, but yeah, I, I, I think that anybody with any real knowledge of the substance isn't, isn't going to blame that for the experience. Um, I think it's interesting, too. So you said that, uh, that you had just uh, laid down to, to go to sleep. So sort of at what point in the, in the process of going to sleep were you? Were you starting to nod off? Were you wide awake? You know, like it's, it's a spectrum, of course, but, you know, if you had to put yourself in there somewhere. Oh no, I was I was completely wide awake. Um, because I'm 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 generally awkward anyway. Like I have a hard time spending the night at people's homes, so it, it takes me a really long time to fall asleep. So I'd been laying there. Probably, I mean, I was probably messing with my phone or something like that. I it, I wasn't like uh you know I wasn't even I wasn't like falling asleep and this thing happened. Right, it was, right. I was completely awake. I got you. I got you. Cool. So, yeah, no, that that is interesting. You know, mm-hmm. and and that happens a lot. Certainly, we've noticed that in. Uh, in in our own work the 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 nighttime visitation so is that the only incident of of nighttime visitation uh uh, in terms of of your own anomalous experiences um yes and no uh i i I experience other things uh well first of all my my home is haunted Okay. <laughs> or <then> something, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know it's been it's been going on for for a while now. Um, as a matter of fact, you know the the on Wednesdays we talk weird show. Um, you know we had kind of correlated it to some of the events that had been happening within my home because I used to record the show uh, from my computer in my bedroom, and one of the listeners had picked up an EVP, and you know I I didn't really think anything of it, but then he went back and started listening to others. And he tracked exactly when they started and, you know, to, to current day with me recording in my bedroom. I didn't always record the show in my bedroom, hmm. but these EVPs did start when I started recording in the bedroom. But it wasn't the only thing that had happened. Um, I have had other instances where, you know, things have, you know, I have a bookshelf back in, in my room and the books have fallen off the shelf. Um, I've, I had an instance where I walked into, so my bath, I have a bathroom right across from my bedroom door and I walked into the bedroom door and out of the corner, not in the corner of my eye, I could see a reflection in the mirror of a, I don't know what it was. It was orange. It was, the whole body was orange and it was very humanoid looking, but it was so quick because as soon as I saw it in the mirror, I looked in the spot that it was at actually in the room and there was nothing there. Um, but I'll have times where <clears throat> really late at night and typically it's, it's late at night. Mm-hmm. I just feel very uneasy and I feel very, I, I feel like that I feel there, there's something there, but it's not there. And, and that sounds just like paranoia, but I, I guess unless you live it, you don't know. <laughs> sure. No, I, I, um, but no, nothing yeah. that vast, uh, no, nothing that detailed, that's for sure. Mm. Um, you know, so it's not like it's been a reoccurring thing or, or anything like that, um, especially not with that particular, um, you know, entity that, that you know, I saw. Um, you know, these are all just kind of very small happenings. And then again, you know, again, I'm, I'm a 40 investigator. People give me their weird haunted shit all the time. You know what I mean? So like, I, I, I <laughs> yeah. definitely bring something home with me. Like, I, like I'm in all these weird places. You know, that could be totally unrelated. And I feel like that is unrelated. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you why I feel that way. I just know that it is. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that, that's fair enough. And I, I think that a lot of our listeners probably understand that experience of of feeling um 
as though something's there and, and you can't necessarily put your your finger on it but you know sort of once that feeling is is included in the the larger um, uh, phenomena present in, in in your life you know I, I think that's right. fair enough and um, yeah you know in in, in terms of, of uh, differentiation between phenomena as well uh, you know I, I never personally loved the uh, the 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 particular camp that just wanted there to be one source for everything is that, oh, you know like you, sure. you, you look at um, you know mm. sort of the classic Keelian ultra terrestrial you know and that right. was a kitchen sink explanation for everything from like ghosts to UFOs to cryptids and I always hated it because I was like look maybe they have some stuff in common but it's not they're not all exactly the same Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people's experiences aren't exactly the same, and I, I, I think that that uh, that that really speaks to that. Um, now, you mentioned some UFO sightings as well, so uh, you know, if you don't mind, I yeah, I mean, I, I started out as a UFO investigator. In fact, I I'd, I'd be very interested to hear about those. Yeah, sure. So I live in uh, Dayton, Ohio. So if people don't know about Dayton, Ohio, it is where Wright Patterson Air Force Base is housed, right? So um, we have all kinds of, you know, people talk about the weird things that happen over there all the time. I probably live maybe 10 minutes away from it. Mm. Um, The the first time I ever had an, like any type of other experience, um, I was 18. I know this because I'm, I I smoked cigarettes and I had just started smoking cigarettes at home because I legally could. I was outside (laughs) one night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, at my parents' house. Right. I was outside one night and uh, smoking a cigarette. It was very late at night. And through the tree line, all just out of nowhere, comes these two. They, look, they were like headlights. They just looked like car headlights. But it was huge. I, and I cannot tell you how big it was. I just know that it was huge. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of slowly moved just over, just over the sky. made no noise nothing i couldn't see any other details really i could just tell it was huge because i could see the two very large headlights that were moving in tandem with each other um so it it came over and it came over that it came over the house and i'm just sitting there and i'm scared i was very scared um because here's you know what's funny is that even though you know i'm I'm searching for them I'm, i'm scared of aliens and um same you know i don't I don't know why, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not sure, but yeah, terrified of aliens. So I, I was scared. I went in the house and immediately the first thing that I did at the time, because this, it was, again, I wasn't a stranger to this stuff. I kind of had an idea what was going on. Um, there was a website and I, I still can't find it, but there was a website where you could report UFO sightings. And it was kind of more like a, it was kind of more like set up like a forum and, and me being 18, I was probably, it was, it was probably 2009, 2010. Um, and I'm going through the forum and I'm trying to see if anybody else had seen anything in the area. And uh, while I'm reading it, I had come across this other guy who, oddly enough, was talking about how he needed help because he was trapped in his home because there were three to four small grays outside his house terrorizing him. And uh, and that was enough to scare me, and I, I I put it I put it down. I said, you know what, I'm just I'm walking away from this. That's a thing that happened in my life. So about a year and a half after that happened, okay, um, 
I was on Craigslist. Remember Craigslist? Is that a thing anymore? Do people I think it still is. Yeah. They 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 got rid of the personals, so I I'm pretty sure nobody they got rid uses of a it. A lot but, yeah. of stuff. Like I don't think you can sell certain things on there anymore. I think you can still look for apartments on it, but that's about it. Right. That's about it. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't go there anymore. Um, you know, but I don't know. But anyway, so if you're familiar, Craigslist was like a you know community uh, newspaper base, a community classifieds, pretty much, right, oh, yeah. for the internet. And uh, so I'm on there and I, I don't remember how I got to this or why I got to this, but I came across somebody who had posted who was looking for people who have had any type of extraterrestrial experiences because they went to Wright State University and they were making uh, like a student film about it. So I answered and I was like, well, yeah, I saw this UFO, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit ago. And um he sets up a meeting date. I meet with this guy, right? And it wasn't it wasn't just myself. I was married at a husband and, and he went with me and it was it was fine. I mean, we just sat down and he asked me questions about it. We talked about it. We met at a very local place. That was fine. A couple of years after that had happened, I would say probably about four years after that happened, I'm on Craigslist again. I, don't ask me what I do there. I don't even think you want to know. But <laughs> I'm on Craigslist again. <laughs> and I come across the exact same posting. I am a student uh, filmmaker at Wright State University making a film on extraterrestrials. I'm looking for people locally that have had experience with these things. And it was just bizarre. It just didn't make much sense to me that this was happening again. I mean, maybe that was their cover. Maybe they're just a young investigator and that's how they got people, get to interview people. I don't know. Um, but just it was fair. I didn't I didn't meet up with them or anything because it, it spooked me. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but that was my first. That was my first. Um, you know, weird encounter with lights in the sky. Interesting. Um, but you know, since since then, uh, you know, that being the most significant uh, event. I mean, I've seen. You know, I, I see them a lot when we go out and investigate and and things like that. It's very odd how many and how frequent we tend to see these strange lights in the sky. It's harder nowadays because you have things like drones, right? Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard, it's hard to identify some things. Um, but just a couple of weeks ago, I, I was outside and I saw this very strange light. And I, I don't know if it was two lights going back and forth. I don't know if it was rotating. I couldn't tell from the distance, but it was white and it was moving and it was moving very fast. And it was the first time in any of these instances that I was able to pull out my camera and film it. So I, I have a video of this thing. I haven't done anything with it yet, but it's it's going and it's very fast. And then all of a sudden it's gone. So I end the video and I didn't know if maybe there was like a building right there. So I, I couldn't tell if it just went behind the building or if it actually disappeared. I was like, I'm going to go chase it. I got in my car. I tried to find it again. I couldn't find it. It was gone. Hmm. So it happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, that's certainly been uh, our experiences as well. Um, but yeah. you're right. There is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of activity up there and there's, yeah. you know, there's, there's more man-made objects, you know, flying overhead exactly. than, than ever before in human history. But you know, I, I think that there are certainly uh, certain indicators that would suggest whether or not something is, is oh, man-made. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm still, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't get over the guy on Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we can talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, okay, I have, so, I, I have some questions. I would, I'd like to speak to this person, actually. Yeah. Because, I mean, okay, from a conspiratorial bent, 
You know, like what? Who is this guy? You right. know, what, what, like what, does he does he work for a secret government task force? Like trying well, to. Well, that was to, my first thought because again, he's saying he goes to the right state. We, we live right by the base. I was like, well, does he work for the base? Does, right. is, that, is that what this is? I don't know. But he looked normal. I mean, he didn't. He was pretty unassuming. But but I guess you know a government agent would be right. I mean, right. I mean, well, you know, I, I just, with everything that's been going on in the, the, the UFO community over the past few years, mm-hmm. you know, I'm constantly thinking about uh, Richard Doty. And I, I'm always thinking about, like, the Air Force Office of Special Investigations and and what Doty said that he did, uh, at, you know, as a member of that organization, as an agent with that organization, you know, in the 80s with, like, Paul Benowitz. And so I I can't help but have my imagination take off when you know you talk about this very suspect uh, a dual set of classified ads you know because unless you know unless this dude is just an even worse student than I was and like flunked every every class in college like what what is he doing having the same you know, set of, uh, of interviews set up. Yeah. You know, uh, years later. So, I mean, when you uh, when you interacted with him, like you said, he seemed pretty normal. I mean, there there just like there weren't any red flags at all. Like, did he? Uh, did, do you remember what kind of questions he asked? I don't. I I think I, I'm pretty sure it was just very basic. Like, you know, what what did you see? What time was it? Hmm. You know, did you experience any after effects? You know, th- th- things like that. Um, you know, typical things. And it was pretty, I mean, it was pretty uneventful. Like, yeah, it was weird headlights in the sky, but like, I didn't have any like sickness or dreams or, mm. you know, I didn't, I didn't lose time or anything like that. So, I mean, it, like I said, it was pretty uneventful. Um, and he just didn't, I mean, like, he just looked like a normal guy. I guess I couldn't even really pinpoint his, his age now that I think about, I can't even tell you what he looked like. It was so forgetful but you know and, and i've thought about the more logical because i say that all the time the biggest part of this job is is a very healthy dose of skepticism right mm. so we're going to think about what we know first and we have to rule out those possibilities before we decide that it's it's part of the you know unexplained and uh you know i thought about it i'm like well maybe the student film program at right path the requirement is to make a ufo documentary i don't know maybe mm. it's you know like i said maybe he's an investigator and this is just a, his really bad cover for getting you know which is even weirder i guess it's just i don't know but it still doesn't make much it doesn't make sense and i right. wish i could find him again maybe i should go back on craigslist and <laughs> <laughs> see, see if you can find it yeah. yeah you you never know one i want I would okay. I would be willing to go back to school, to just to take a class if one of the requirements is making a documentary on UFOs. Like I used to do stuff like that in college all the time, but I would have to wedge it into classes. Like it would be, like it was, it would it would be just barely appropriate. Like just the professor liked me enough where I could get away with it, but that was the only way that I ever did. It was nothing. Nothing was ever required in terms of being weird. you know, I, like I said, I thought about it. Does it uh, does it make much sense? No, it makes more sense that he works for the government. I don't know. I, you know, I'm just speculating. Honestly, I don't. I have sure. no idea. It was just. It was. It was very. It was very highly strange. That's for sure. Um, oh, I believe it. Well, I, you know, honestly, the the other thing that that you touched on, which honestly really makes a kind of disturbing amount of sense, and is pretty gross. But I, you know, I think I've seen enough where. Um, 
I, uh, I really wouldn't put it past some people. I don't have a very difficult time believing that there are people out there who would lie about something like that because they don't know a better way to collect UFO stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, right. I think that, that, that makes a pretty good amount of sense. And, and obviously there's no way to know this person's motivation, but that makes as much sense as anyway. As Jeez, uh, I cannot talk tonight. That but, happens. <laughs> yeah, right. But that makes as much sense as, as anything. And for anybody out there listening, by the way, uh, don't be gross. You know, don't lie to people uh, in in, no. in the name of, of ufological discovery. No, um, it's not it's not worth it. It's not worth compromising your your ethics. You know, just no. be straightforward. No. Um, and and if you do it, I I will find you, and I'll probably break your legs. She will. Um, She's so. very tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe so, it. I, <laughs> I believe it too. That was that was a, a nervous laugh. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? I hope Asher's doesn't find out about all of my school projects. Oh, so many lies. <laughs> but, but um, oh boy. So okay, that's. I mean, that's interesting because yeah. you know, especially because you ended up getting so into the 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 world of uh, of, of Mothman and sort of that set yeah. of of phenomena and really. Everything that uh, that you've described so far, sort of all of the the things you experienced leading up to um, your your inclusion into that world, really fits right. very well into um, the the type of phenomena associated with with Mothman specifically. You know, because if you think about you know going back even to the Point Pleasant sightings, you know, you think about UFO flaps in in West Virginia and across the country. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 think about uh, people reporting haunting uh, phenomena. You know, yeah. especially people who are also witnesses to to, to that that uh, that particular creature at that time and and up until uh, modern day. In fact, you know, we continue to get reports that are very similar. So. Um, I think now would be as good a time as any to sort of switch gears into that. I know people are always very interested about uh, about Mothman. Obviously, oh, yeah. we're, we're very interested. Um, we so, definitely have a few members in our society who are very into that investigation. Oh, definitely. I, well, I think you know a, a, a lot of people are, and mm-hmm. and for good reason because it is it is very very interesting. And so um, now you talked a little bit about uh, sort of your introduction uh, into to you know documentary filmmaking or what 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 sort of got you on on that uh, that path. Um, so maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, where you are now. Like I'm interested to know where, and you can sort of start in the the broadest terms here, and and, and we can narrow it down. But sort of where are you on the the Mothman phenomenon? You know, there are people who want to explain it in a, a variety of different ways. And uh, and and what what have you learned so far, or what do you suspect so far, based on your experiences and the things you've seen, the witnesses you've talked to, regarding what what are we dealing with here? That's a that's still that's a tough one to to answer. Oh, it is. Um, <laughs> so I mean, and that's the difficult part about uh, <clears throat> making a documentary. Excuse me. Mm. <clears throat> making a documentary on an ongoing investigation is because you have to kind of know where to stop and uh 
you know, there's not really, I don't, I think I just have to kind of choose a point and go, okay, this right. is it. Um, but, you know, as far as, as what I've learned, of course, I was going into the angle with the flesh and blood creature and, um, you know, biologically speaking, it didn't make any sense. Hmm. Um, you know, I never thought it was a sandhill crane. I think anybody that does, you're just, that's just silly. Uh, come on. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, where, where we're at right now with it, um, it, the people that I speak with, and, and myself even, it's always a very personal experience. It's never just like, hey, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It always seems to be kind of life altering in a way. Hmm. And I don't, I couldn't tell you why. Um, I don't know if it chooses people. I, I, I don't think it does. I would like to think that it, it doesn't, I, but I don't know yet. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting situation. So a little bit of background about kind of, you know, what I did instead of, of decide to, to hunt monsters for a little while. Um, I, I went to school and I was in school for a while and I uh, couldn't pick a major. So I, I was majoring in criminal psychology, but I was minoring in astrophysics because um, I liked both. And I just I didn't know which route I wanted to go and which kind of was the more lucrative and made more sense. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm a proud <laughs> college dropout. It was great. Um, but you know, I try to apply some of that to my investigation. The criminal psychology helps a ton when it comes to eyewitness accounts and speaking to these people. Mm -hmm. But the astrophysics really helped to understand that we don't understand anything. And, <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at with it is that um, there's something, there, there's some kind of connection and not everything, but a lot of these things, there's some kind of connection between, you know, the the ultra terrestrial, you know, there, there's something to that theory for sure. I don't mm. think, I don't know if I buy it 100%, um, but, you know, there's some science there that we're just missing a part of um, because something's happening, right? I mean, something's going on. These people are seeing something and, and you know that, again, going back to the criminal psychology, I know these things, talking to these people. I'm supposed to be really good at negotiations and, and reading people. And that was like a big part of that, of that job mm. or, you know, that, that learning was learning how to read people. And, you know, these people have definitely encountered something that they cannot explain that defies all logic. So something's going on there. Is it flesh and blood? No, not in the way that we think, but our definition of flesh and blood is very narrow compared to what could possibly even begin to be out there. And then that's where the physics come in. <laughs> because mm. if you follow physics at all, and physics is very boring, if you know, it, it's a lot of big words that are <laughs> very boring, um, but you'll learn that just about every three months, our definition of how the world around us works and how everything works changes some big breakthrough comes in and it just changes everything we don't notice because we're just living life and you know doing what we do every day um and it's just been it's always been this way it's not that like everything changed because we know that it works that way now it's just that it's always worked that way right. um until it doesn't three months down the line and something new comes along and, and blows that out of the water you know but you know I, there's definitely something going on um that you know I think that the Mothman, I'll say this, the Mothman is very, very real. Hmm. And it's just not real in the way that the average Joe would think that it is. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with it at the moment. Now, that is subject to change because, I'll tell you, when I first started this, 
I was under the impression that this could have possibly been some type of, you know, government experiment gone wrong. And I'm, I'm, I've just come way far away from that. And I'm glad that I did. But, um, you know, it, it, it changes. It changes with the evidence that's given. Sure. Um, you know, so I, I think I, I expect it to evolve. Uh, this is like a little time capsule for me sharing my thoughts because I get to hear what I used to think and see how wrong I was. But. <laughs> no, you know, I I respect the hell out of that because I, I think that that I mean, that's that's the only way to be right. Like, that's how you 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 have to be. I've certainly uh, uh, revised and amended my opinion mm-hmm. on a number of, of things, specifically in this field, you know, uh, just right. in, in the past couple of years. I mean, with new information, what mm-hmm. intelligent people do is apply new information to their existing uh, 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 opinions and right. you amend those opinions based on the new information. That's, that's you know... That, that's how you're supposed to do it. It is how you're supposed to do it. It is endlessly frustrating to me how some people think that you just have to be locked into an opinion until the day you die for That's some so reason. That's so limiting because there's so much we don't know <clears throat> just about everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate um, you bringing up uh, physics. You know, I, I'm certainly no scientist. I'm, I'm just a writer. I, <clears throat> my, my education is in, in English. But um, it is a subject that, that I've I found interesting. And I think something that, that you... Uh, you sort of touched on there, which I I, uh, I do find particularly fascinating, is sort of this idea that what seems to to be happening as as we progress, or really specifically as uh, as uh, the scientific understanding of of the the physical universe progresses, is that it's beginning, or you know, mainstream science is sort of beginning to give us permission to believe in our experiences you know so finally you know maybe you have seen the 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 mothman maybe you've experienced a time slip you know who knows um and uh and if you're keeping up with physics you know every year or or two years they'll come you know come up with some breakthrough and you'll be like oh wow hey look at that physics decided that that thing that happened to me might have actually happened Mm -hmm. to me like it's technically (laughs) possible how nice is that thanks guys Um, (laughs) yeah it it is and you know what really blows my mind about it um about some of this you know phenomenon is that you know again i'm a big I'm a big Keel fan. I'm a big Keel fan. I don't agree with everything that that he said, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I like the fact that he had the balls to say it. You know, I respect that. Um, but I do like some of his ideas, and and not just Keel. Uh, other investigators in the field. I just like to use Keel because I feel like he's the most well known kind of crazy person. Sure. These people <laughs> do kind of end up being very very mentally ill, very disturbed individuals in general. You know, they're very unhappy. And, um, you know, so therefore that loses, it makes them lose their credibility, right? You're like, well, obviously there's something wrong with them anyway. But when you look at people also like, uh, like Einstein, I don't know if you've ever read it. Einstein wrote an autobiography and, uh, you know, he goes on to kind of describe how, how depressing, you know, his, his life was and, um, how, how lonely it was because he was viewing the world in this scope that nobody else could seem to grasp and 
you know, so it's it, so does that mean now Einstein's not credible because he he had you know because he again he viewed the world differently? Absolutely not. Right. Um, you know, we would nobody would ever say that. I, I mean, I'm sure somebody would, but they don't matter. Um, but. <laughs> But you know, that's just—it's—it's it's very fascinating when you take these these French sciences and start applying actual science to them, and you know, you see how much it's not. Some of the stuff sounds absolutely ridiculous, and I know it does. And I know that me, you know, being being an investigator full time, obviously, I've got a horse in the race. I have a reason to lie about the things that I've experienced, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's clout or whatever or something. So, you know, I, does that take away my credibility? I don't know. I, it doesn't matter. I still know that these things are very real events that are happening. Um, my job isn't to tell people what to believe these things are. My job is to gather the pieces together and hopefully form this big puzzle that we've been trying to figure out. My job is to also further this as a legitimate science and put more eyes on it. And that's what I say all the time, especially with my uh, with my Wednesday show. The goal isn't to, to have people listen to the stuff that's already interested in it. The goal is to have people listen to it that aren't interested in it. The goal mm-hmm. is to change mm-hmm. someone's mind. Wow. And that's the goal, you know, I, that, because the more people, am I going to find the Mothman in my lifetime? I I don't know. I hope so. I feel like I'm going to see the Mothman again. It's just again, it's just knowing that I have that it will happen. But am I going to prove it to the world? No, probably not. But will I further it just a little bit more? Well, that's the goal. At the end of the day, that's the goal. Sure. Um, so that's you know. So I try to stay kind of neutral. I can tell you my opinion on things. Um, but you know, if you're really interested in a specific subject, whether it be the Mothman or you know, maybe it's Bigfoot, maybe it's you know, I don't know, ghosts, whatever it is. You know, do do the legwork, look into it, and don't uh, try not to fall and subscribe to just one idea. Keep your open mind, um, because that's going to get you a lot further than than any book that you've ever read. I promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, I can I, I can see the, the the wisdom in that for sure. Now, it, it's interesting to me uh, that you bring up sort of the the psychological toll that um, that these experiences yeah. can have on witnesses and. Investigators, you know, and, and bringing up Keel specifically. Now, obviously, I didn't know Keel. Uh, he passed away some some time ago. Yeah, I, sure. In reading his works, and I grew up reading John Keel. He was a, a big influence on me when I was just a kid, um, and when I, you know, started doing this professionally and writing and stuff, you know, I, I definitely it I, I admired his his writing, and sort of the more I got into the professional side of this the more the more i would read john keel and be like well that's not true well that's that's completely that's completely fabricated like what's he even talking about here yeah um and so i you know i i eventually landed and i would love to hear your opinion on this so i'm 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 getting there I, i i promise but like i eventually sort of landed in this place where uh he very much seemed like um you know a a very talented storyteller uh, who who had some very interesting uh, perspectives on you know different connections between paranormal phenomena, but he also never seemed to let uh, the truth get in the way of a good story, you know. And so you you look at say the uh, the the end of the Mothman Prophecies book, right? And you look at the the collapse of the the Silver Bridge and and uh, and the convenient narrative ending that it. Uh, it, it um, supplied for, for that particular book. 
Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, uh, you know, as someone who is, is familiar with his work as well, like, where do you where do you come down on that? Like um, my personal opinion, if it matters to anybody, probably not. But I, I don't think there's anything to the the, the harbinger of, of doom angle. I think that the that he used the the collapse of the Silver Bridge as a convenient narrative ending to his book because he knew, like every great storyteller knows, that people want a beginning, a middle, and an end to a story. And if you don't have that, right. they're not going to like it as much. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but what's what's your opinion? I I, I guess on on sort of the uh, the the veracity of of that particular event, um, you know, in its uh, uh, its place in in the the mythology of, of Mothman, and then sort of Keel's approach in in general of uh, uh, of seemingly to me being very sort of tongue in cheek. I. I, I always sort of picture him as, um, you know, as the fun uncle at Christmas where he's <laughs> telling you a story and, you know, afterwards you kind of whisper to your dad or something. You're like, you know, was that true? And he's just like, oh, yeah, totally. Of course it was true. And then they <laughs> wink at each other, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I do picture that that's how cute. As a matter of fact, actually, I'm a. Uh... I'm going to be meeting up with the Fink brothers this weekend. And uh, I don't know if you know who they are, but they, they dress up as the men in black during the Mothman mm. festival. And um, they've, they've met, they're really, they're really on top of the men in black stuff. They've met Keel. And uh, I was talking to them about it, you know, about how he was. And they said, you know, it's funny. He didn't mention the paranormal not once. And we hung out with the guy for six hours. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> <"Ow."> <laughs> okay. I'm like, I could see that. Yeah. Um, no. So, you know, I, I, I pretty much agree with everything that you're saying. Um, I, I don't think that there is anything to, to that. Um, you know, there's no bad omen associated with this thing. Um, and not always anyway. I mean, you know, sometimes I mentioned, I said, I, I think that the Mothman, the Mothman sightings are a very personal experience to people. And I do believe that. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you that it's a good experience or a bad experience or what follows is good or bad. It depends on the person. Cause I've heard a lot of different, you know, variations of that. Um, but you know, I, I can tell you, I was speaking with, uh, Oh gosh, what's his name? I think his name's George Dudding. He wrote the silver bridge tragedy and mm. he doesn't have, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like that. There's this connection between Mothman and, and he's went on to go write all kinds of books about, about things. Um, but I had approached him to be on the, be a part of the documentary because he saw the bridge collapse. He was there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I was talking to him about it, he was very worried. He said, well, here's the thing is that I've been approached to do many shows and, and documentaries and TV shows, all kinds of stuff. And every single time they want me to tie the bridge collapse to the Mothman and I won't do it. I just won't do it. And it's because of that storyteller narrative, because and, and not just with the Mothman, but a lot of this phenomenon, people really like a scary story at that. Oh, yeah. They want these things to be evil. They want them to be scary. And they're not always, they don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, but I don't think that there is anything to it. I mean, you know, I, I believe we've talked, you know, with you on, on, on our show about the Chicago incidences and it's like, well, you know, people are kind of waiting. I know some people are kind of waiting to see if something big and large and tragic happens in Chicago, but it's Chicago. Something <laughs> bad happens every day. That's <laughs> exactly what I tell people. I'm like, look, I mean, a, a million tragedies happen in this world every day with nary a Mothman in sight. The idea <laughs> that you need one for something terrible to happen is, is ridiculous. But anyway. Well, right. 
you know, that's basically, I mean, we would have Mothman flying everywhere, you know? Yeah, right. you know, yeah totally. Like, they just won't hang out on my shoulder all day. And it's not like, we're not talking, I mean, the Silver Bridge collapse is very unfortunate. We're not talking thousands of people dying. We're talking about, it was, I, I believe, 48 was what the total ended up being. Something like that. Um, which is a significant amount of people, but, you know, and it, and it was tragic and it was horrible. It's not every day a bridge collapses, you right. know, but... Um, it's not like it was a huge, you know, a, a huge deal. I mean, it, it was, but it wasn't, you know, we've had worse events and there was no Mothman sighting. We've had events where people say that there was, but, you know, I mean, I, I just don't think that there's a tie between them. But maybe if it's a personal experience, and I thought about this, if it's a personal experience and somebody happened to see the Mothman, okay, and then the event that followed ended up being a, tra a tragic event, because um, I've had people... I've heard, I've heard reports that people saw it saw the Mothman before the Las Vegas shooting. Um, there's the one guy who says that Mothman told him about 9-11. I'm not going to voice my opinion on that. But, you know, maybe it's not so much that it's causing that event. It's that the Mothman becomes a personal thing, and then you end up kind of being directly involved with whatever this event is, which is also life-altering. So either way, something has happened in your life and has now changed it and has changed the course of it. Um, I just haven't quite decided, you know, landed on what exactly that means. But he doesn't cause them. I, I don't think he's going around, you know, b bending eye bars or, you know, that's. I don't think he's doing stuff like that to, you right. know, cause this stuff. So I just, I won't, I don't, won't subscribe to the idea. Um, and I know that's disappointing to some people because they seem to like that theory. Um, but I just don't see the correlation. This thing dates back forever. The Mothman is as old as we are. They just yeah. call it something different. Oh, definitely. I mean, and, and again, there are so many sightings that, that don't result in, in any tragedy. And one other thing um, that I've noticed, now, uh, in any of the reported instances that, that you can think of, um, of other tragedies where anyone is claiming that uh, that a winged humanoid or, or Mothman was seen prior to or surrounding that tragedy. Like one, um, do they involve people who have actually, you know, come forward or are they basically urban legends? And and two, were they reported prior to the event or, or after? You know, I know, something I've noticed personally, and I'd like to get your opinion on this as well, is you know so much of this seems to be a result of uh, in addition to Keel's book, the uh, the the um, the screenplay written by Richard Hayden, um, who's a wonderful man. He's a great guy, uh, but you know he he wrote the the screenplay for the, the the Mothman prophecies, and you know he he's a writer, and so he included uh, some extra stuff in the story, like mm -hmm. he included um just some stuff he completely fabricated like people seeing uh you know this this mothman prior to chernobyl for instance literally from the movie and now you see it on the internet and people yeah. go oh well you know silver bridge <laughs> uh you know wasn't the only thing what about chernobyl and i'm like that was written by a guy that you know follows me on twitter like i've I've, <laughs> right i've talked to him like he's a he's a really cool guy but he made it up and he made it up because he was creating this thing for Hollywood. So, um, you know, I, I, how much of that do you think is is contributing to uh, the the belief now in, uh, you know, Mothman as the harbinger of doom? Not necessarily causing tragedy, but even just being around tragedy. Because so much of it, to me, seems to arise from 
this this folklore in action people just sort of repeating stories that they don't even know the source of at this point point. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah i mean you know we know that that people lie you know i <laughs> I get some very interesting, um, some very interesting uh, tales in my inbox, and you know, I guess I can't say that they lie one hundred percent, but like, and I, I, I don't name names because confidentiality is so important to me. But like, there's no way, um, Linda, that that Bigfoot's turning into a mist and coming into your apartment every night and eating all your food. Like, that's not happening. You know, I'm just, you know, we know that that happens, and and we've kind of discussed, you know, personally about how. <clears throat> What percentage of this we think are legitimate sightings and it's actually quite small right um because people like a tall tale i mean look at things like the rake it's not even you know it's a creepy pasta i mean it's very easy to trace it's very easy to look at but you have people that now you know believe that this is a crypt- it's cryptid it's cryptid and it's not it's fake um but i mean so it, it is very easy for people to kind of fall in line with with that i think that the internet does contribute a lot to those types of things um but like i can tell you you know i saw the mothman and the a, a bridge didn't collapse or anything um right. you know I, what followed in my life was a series of events that did happen to kind of lead me to where i am now so again life altering but not in a bad way um so you know, I think it's very unfortunate that it's associated with all these events and, you know, again, just a lot of these mistellings. Now, another thing that um, I was kind of, you know, thinking about, just like how I told you my stories earlier, my personal stories, is that, um, you know, was it reported before or after I became an investigator? Well, it was reported after. I didn't talk about it before. I didn't have a reason to um, because it, I felt like it made me sound unhinged. Um, but I know that it still happened, mm-hmm. so I can only apply my personal experience to other people. So, you know, whether or not it was reported before or after, I mean, I, I think it does obviously um, lend a little bit of credibility to the story. If, it, if there's a record of it being reported before, then then I would, you know, have it, I'd give, I'd give it more credibility then than if it is after. But even if it is reported after, I can't completely write it off because I know how my personal you know, situations have kind of come to pass. Oh, that's fair. Um, yeah, totally. You know, so I don't, you know, that's a hard one. But, you know, again, I, you know, I think probably about a good, you know, I say that there's three types of people. There's the people that lie. Okay. And mm. they, for whatever reason, you know, maybe they have their own things that they're working on and they feel better, you know, telling these tall tales. I don't know. Um, they just want the attention. I don't know. I would say about 60% of, of reports of any any anomalous phenomena is is a lie um and then i would say that uh i i would probably say 30 percent of of that uh, are people that are mentally ill and they genuinely believe these things it's very real to them but it's not real um and then i would say the 10 percent fall in that category of things that probably are legitimate and are actually happening mm-hmm. um and that's shocking. It's disappointing. You know, it is. I mean, the, you know, the romantic in me wants all of these to be real. I want to believe in the mystic and magic and wonder of this stuff. Um, but the scientist in me knows that that's just not possible um, sure. all the time. So. Well, we've certainly in, encountered quite a few, uh, um, you know, relatively, uh, I guess, I, I, I want to say normal, but I hate that word. Sure. Um, I, I guess I would say otherwise 
sane as as far as I can tell people who sometimes just get it wrong. Like sometimes they just misidentify yeah. something. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that 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 happens a, a a good amount. Well, you know, specifically when you're talking about, you know, anything like UFOs or um, a, a lot of cryptids too. Yep. You know, sometimes people are just mistaken and they they really think that they saw something um, anomalous, but it, it turns out that it's actually something, uh, you know, that has a, a prosaic explanation. So yep. you're absolutely right. Like there's, there are a lot of ways that, um, you know, a, a, a reportedly paranormal experience can turn out to be something else. But, you know, you are again correct as well when you say that, um, not all of them are are so easily explainable, and I guess that's that's why we uh, why we keep doing what we do. Now, um, I think we are getting close to time on this, and so I like to do this thing where I realize <laughs> I have been doing out of okay out of Emily and myself. I have been doing all of the, all, all of the talking because I, that's usually what happens, um, and so <laughs> I I like to uh, to just open it up to Emily uh, Emily. Final final thoughts, any any questions? Sure, I guess like one thing I was thinking, so like obviously in the beginning we you wear we mentioned that you wear a lot of hats and obviously I think you kind of they all all of what you, everything you do kind of works together in a way, but um, if you had to pick one hat and run with it, what would that be? Um well I mean, that is hard because they all do kind of work together. Um, right. Yeah, it's definitely a hard question. Sorry. Well, for a second there, I actually <laughs> no, thought okay. Emily meant like literal hats. And I was like, well, I do follow Ashers on Instagram. And I guess she is wearing a hat in a lot of photographs. She does have some very excellent hats. <laughs> she she wears, looks good in She them. wears a hat sometimes. I still don't have my cryptozoologist hat. I need to need to get on top of that. I can't be a real cryptozoologist without it. Um, <laughs> right? We just got ours, so... Oh, I so I, I still gotta pay my dues, huh? Or at least order one off of like Amazon or whatever. Um, there you go. <laughs> That's what we did. No, I uh, it's I yeah yeah I gotta do it. No, I I, I don't know. I mean, probably. I mean, I I would probably say I would stick with just being an investigator. I mean. You know, that's that's my number one. You know, that's that's my gig. The only reason why I do the other stuff that I do is because, um, well, delivery of information for one. So, mm-hmm. you know, hosting right. a show, making documentaries, writing, writing books, things like that. But also because nobody's paying me to do this. So if I don't make stuff, then nobody likes me and, and gives me their money. So, right. <laughs> you know, that's really, I mean, because, you know, that's, that's what I, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's very, it's very rude. And I guess I try not to take it personally because I can't expect everybody to know my whole life or listen to every, you know, uh, we have like 80 episodes of the podcast now, you know, I, I don't expect them to know everything, but some people will introduce me as like a podcast, uh, as just a podcaster. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, that's bad. And that's not, uh, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have the show to, to bring the information of the things that, you know, I personally look into and investigate things like that. Right. Um, not that I hate it. I love talking to people. That's my favorite part of this is listening to people's stories. Um, I've just always been that way. I mean, every job that I've gotten into has been very people oriented and, uh, you know, that's, that's my favorite part of it. And then if I come across some 
weird unknown science along the way i mean hey that's a perk um but i feel like i get that more with with investigating uh Mm -hmm. than anything and you know that's at the end of the day that's what i'm here for i'm here to further this goal in in any way that 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 i can um you know so that's that's what i would choose that's great yeah no i i I think that's excellent Um, yeah so the documentary uh do you have an approximate release date uh, can you tell us anything else uh give anybody sort of any idea of what to expect or when to expect it yeah sure so uh the documentary is called sinking the mothman um and it, it's actually the first in a series it's not going to be the only one it's just oh, cool. that uh you know we've been hit with a pandemic so um but <laughs> right. you know this one is Right. So this one's very Mothman forward and kind of everything surrounding it. We're going to touch on other topics as well. Um, like this weekend, I'm going to uh, inter- I'm going to meet up with Tanya Derenberger and uh, film all the injured cold stuff. And, you know, maybe I'll meet some aliens. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's happening. Uh, anyway, um, I'm hoping we're hoping right now the release date is fall 2022. OK, um, so that's what we're aiming for. Um, I recently announced that alongside of the documentary, and I'm not going to I'm not going to talk too much about it, uh, but alongside the documentary is going to be a Mothman book. Mm-hmm. Um, but the details are still kind of pending. I think I prematurely announced it, and I got everybody super excited. And I'm sorry, it is coming, but <laughs> that's that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be uh, spring of 2022. So it's going to be released first. You don't need one to enjoy the other. It just kind of helps to have both and, you know, gives a more in-depth explanation of some of the things we talk about in the documentary. Um, but that's that's what we're looking at right now. And hopefully, um, you know, COVID, COVID pending, um, we can continue with, with filming as usual. We're almost done. We're almost in post-production. So we're, okay. we're getting there. Very, very cool. All right. Well, we're definitely looking forward oh, to yeah. that. Um, so for everybody who wants to keep up with you, which had really better be everybody listening because there's no yeah. reason not to be following Asher's. Where can people find you and uh, and keep up with you so they uh, they can keep abreast of, uh, of, of what you're working on? Sure. I, I'm everywhere. Um, so the, the podcast, if you want to listen to it, it's called Up Wednesdays We Talk Weird. It's anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, but me personally, um, you can you can go friend me over on Facebook under Ashley Hilt. I'm the one with the red hair. Um, you can go follow me on Twitter or Instagram at it's Ashers. Um, I think that's pretty much the, my main places. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just kind of do everything. I'll give you my, I'll have a link tree and I don't know what you can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Throw that, that in the show notes. <laughs> absolutely. No reason not to. Well, this has been an absolutely, uh, fabulous oh, conversation. Fascinating. You know, yeah. this, this, this was really great. So thank you so much for taking the time. Um, you know, we, we, we look forward to the, the book, the documentary. Obviously, we'll have to, to have you back on, um, I think, when that's all sort of wrapped up and out there. And then maybe we can really, really dig into that as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll be great. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank, no, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm always down to talk weird. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, and everybody else, you stay weird. All right. Keep it weird, everybody. We'd like to give a special shout out to Andrew Frisk for making these episodes possible. Thanks. We couldn't do it without you. And to our friends of the radio audience, we've been a pleasant. Good night.